0: Welcome to Calvary Christian Church's podcast. We're located on the north shore of Boston and are committed to being a balanced ministry with a personal touch. Each week, one of our pastors will deliver biblical encouragement and practical application tips for everyday faith living. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy the message. Praise God.
1: Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. My name is Pastor Brigham. As Pastor Tim mentioned, I'm one of the associates here at Calvary. And I am so excited to be here with you today. So excited to get to share from God's incredible Word. And I want to thank Pastor Tim and Miss Jackie for inviting me to speak today. How many of you know we are blessed to have them as our senior pastors here at Calvary? We are truly, truly, truly blessed. Well, if you have your Bibles or if you've got the Bible app on your phone, you can turn to Nehemiah chapter 3. Nehemiah Chapter 3, that's where we're going to be today. But if you would, bow your heads and hearts with me for one more word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we're gathered here today to worship you. We're gathered here today to hear from you, God, and to be challenged deeply by your word. my prayer is that this would not just be the words of some preacher, but rather that it would be directly from you, that we would hear from you, Lord, And that we'd be willing to obey. God, I I ask that you prepare our hearts. Lord, soften our hearts. To be sensitive to your presence and to the moving of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, let your word accomplish all that you desire it to accomplish. Do not let it come back void to you, we pray. In Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen and amen and amen. Praise God. Listen, church, if you've ever played a team sport before, how many of you have ever played a team sport before? Well, then you know the importance of trust, you know the importance of responsibility, and you know the importance of accountability when it comes to being on the team. You have to trust that your coach and your teammates are fully committed and locked in to winning. And what do they prove that? They prove that in practice, right? When I was a junior in high school, I was on a swim team. Now this was my first year ever competing in swimming. I knew how to swim, but I'd never been on a swim team before. Now I had watched the Olympics though, okay? So I thought I was ready to go. <laughs> and when I got to my very first practice, I was excited. Now there weren't too many people who looked like me in the Olympics at that time, praise God there are now, but but I was ready to go. So I got in the first lane of the water I, I saw and I started swimming as hard as I possibly could. And about one length down and one length back, I was done. I was exhausted. I was finished. And somebody tapped me on the shoulder. I said, how do they tap me on the shoulder when I'm swimming? How can they?" And they said, Brigham, you're in the wrong lane. This is the fast lane. You need to be in the slow lane. And I I said, "Okay." well, I got in that slowly. And I'm grateful that I had a coach, had a coach who cared about me and who invested in me. He actually lived in the same neighborhood as me. So he took me to practice every morning and practices were before school. So practice was from like 530 to 630 every day. And he worked with me. Now, we got to a meet where we were facing a team that was trying to challenge our undefeated record. We were undefeated to that point. And we were in a relay race and I was with my teammates. These are uh, are boys that I've been practicing with all year long. We'd worked together. We were in sync. We were prepared. We had a special opportunity that day because our relay team was the B team, which doesn't normally earn points, but you're building reps and getting better. But we were competing versus a team that only had two other relays as well, which meant that the third place spot was up for grabs, points, to help us stay undefeated. Now, in that moment, on the blocks, waiting for my turn, I was the the anchor leg, I was the last one to go. I felt a lot of different emotions. I felt like I didn't want to let my team down because we needed the points. I felt like I was ready, though, because we'd been working together for so long. And I felt excited in anticipation. But by the time my teammate got to the wall, the other team's last relay was almost halfway down the pool. I had to make a decision in that moment. Could God use me to help my team or not? You see, in that moment, I had to believe. I had to believe that it was possible for me to make it, it was possible for me to catch him. And on top of that, I had another problem. I was terrible at flip turns. <laughs> if you've never watched swimming before, a flip turn is when you get to the end of the wall, you got to spin over underwater, kick off the wall, and kind of twist in there. And man, water used to just shove up my nose, and I would just. Flip. And coach had been working with me. He'd been working with me every day on flip turns. So the moment came. My teammate touches the wall and I take off and I give it everything. And I believed that God could use me to help my team. And as I got to the end of the wall, my coach came to the end of my lane and he got down. And can you guess what he even said? Don't flip turn. (laughs) He said, don't do it. But I knew I had to try if we were going to have a chance. So in that moment, as I approached the wall, I thought of the things he had taught me. I thought of the things my teammates and I had worked on. I thought of their encouragement. And I hit that flip turn so fast, and I caught that dude, and I touched first. I know, right? It's exciting. But here's the thing. As exciting as that was for me, and listen, that was a long, 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 long time ago. As exciting as that was for me, the thing that, maybe the happiest was that I had earned points for the team. That we together had accomplished something that we couldn't have done on our own. You know, when you're on a team, you have to be responsible for your role. You have to do your job so that you don't let your teammates down. Bill Belichick likes to say, do your job, right? Don't worry, they'll work on that for next year, okay? But you have to be accountable to the results. You have to be accountable to your teammates. You have to be accountable to your individual performance and the overall performance of the team. That's why great teammates always give credit to their team when they win and they take responsibility when they lose. And in the book of Nehemiah, we find the people of God exiled, separated and defeated. The walls of Jerusalem had been broken down for over a hundred years. The first attempt to try to rebuild them had been stalled in litigation for over a decade. Now, Nehemiah was an incredibly powerful official in the Persian Empire. He was an advisor to the king. He saw and met with the king regularly. Now, his brother had just come back from visiting Jerusalem with a report about the condition of the city and the condition of its people, and it was not a good report. Nehemiah's heart breaks for the city of Jerusalem, for the condition of the walls, for the well-being of the people there remaining in the city. The people who God had returned from exile only to live in squalor. But if he was going to do something about it, He would need some pretty big things to fall into place. In fact, there was a lot of things that would have to fall in place in order for Nehemiah to be able to do anything about it. First, he'd need to be appointed as the governor over the province. He'd have to get the king to say yes to him going. He would need permission to rebuild that city. And that city had been known as a rebellious city. That's why it had been destroyed in the first place. He would also need the resources and the equipment the letters for safe travel, as well as all of the building materials for the project. He would need a means with which to complete the task of rebuilding the walls, as well as leading the people back towards God's will for the land and for their lives. But most importantly, in order to accomplish all these things, Nehemiah would need a team of people who are committed to the Lord's will and committed to serving. Now, a team is two or more people who are working together. Seems pretty simple, right? But it's powerful. And here we are in Nehemiah chapter 3. And here's what we read. Then Eliashib, the high priest, rose up with his brothers, the priests, and they built the sheep gate. And they consecrated it and set its doors And they consecrated it as far as the tower of the hundred, as far as the tower of Hananel. And next to him, the men of Jericho built. And next to them, Zachar, the son of Imri built. The sons of Hassanah built the fish gate and they laid its beams and set its doors, its bolts and its bars. And next to them, Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hakaz repaired. And next to them, are you getting this? Meshelem the son of Berechiah, the son of Meshezebel, repaired. And next to them, Zadok, the son of Banner repaired. And next to them, the Tekoites repaired. But their nobles would not stoop to serve their Lord. Their leader said, we don't want you to join that team. We don't want you to help in the work of the Lord. But they went anyway. Then Joida, the son of Paseah and Meshelem the son of Bethsaida, repaired the gate of Yashanah. And they laid its beams and they set its doors and its bolts and its bars. And next to them, somebody say next to them, them. repaired Melitiah the Gibeonite. And Jadon, the Maranithite, and the men of Gibeon and Mizpah, the seat of the governor of the province beyond the river. And next to them, Uzziah, the son of Herhiah, goldsmiths repaired. And next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers repaired. And they restored Jerusalem as far as the broad walls. We've got leaders. We've got merchants. We've got people from all over joining together. Because in verse 9, it says, next to them. Raphiah the son of Hur, ruler of the half district of Jerusalem, repaired. And next to them, Jediah, the son of Haramoth, Herum, Her, repaired opposite his house. And next to him, Hattush, the son of Hashabneah, repaired. You can repair in your neighborhood. You can be on the team and serve in your neighborhood. Malkijah, the son of Haram, and Hashab the son of Pahath Moab, repaired another section and the tower of the ovens. And next to him... Shalom, the son of Halahesh, ruler of half the district of Jerusalem, repaired he and his daughters. Oh, you can serve on the team with your children. Verse 17, after him, the Levites repaired. Rehum the son of Bani, and next to him, Hashabiah, ruler of the half district of Keilah, repaired for his district. Verse 19, and next to him, Ezra, the son of Jeshua, ruler of Mizpah, repaired another section opposite The ascent to the armory at the buttress, it goes on and on and on. And next to them, the people of God coming together to do the impossible, they did the miraculous. Did you know there is nothing that God can't do when you have a team of people committed to serving the Lord? There's nothing God can't do if you have a team of people fully committed to serving the Lord. You see, these people built and repaired the wall around Jerusalem in 52 days without construction equipment, without modern day construction equipment. Let me put that in perspective for you. That's almost two and a half miles of wall around the city and the wall had to be tall enough that nobody could jump over it and it had to be thick enough that nobody could run through it this is a miracle ask anybody who works in construction today (laughs) this is a miracle it is a, a miracle of an accomplishment it shouldn't have been possible which emphasizes our first point today which is this you see, the power of teamwork gets the job done. The power of working together, the power of teamwork. Nehemiah 4, verse 6, uh, chapter 4, verse 6 says this. So we built the wall. It's so simple. It says it so simply, right? So we built it. God gave Nehemiah an incredible answer to his prayers. He gave him a team. A dedicated group of people who were focused on honoring and trusting the Lord. People who are committed to the work. When the people of God have a mind to work, they are unstoppable. When the people of God have a mind to work, they are unstoppable. Did you know that when you have a mind to work for the Lord, you are unstoppable? Yes. Hmm. Most people read this chapter. Nehemiah chapter 3. And all they see is just a list of names that are hard to pronounce. Did you practice those, Pastor Brigham? I sure did. (laughs) They just see a list of names that are hard to say. But what I see is the power of teamwork. Because it said next to them, next to them, next to them. And it was people from all walks of life. There were rulers and there were merchants and there were were parents with their children. There were people in their neighborhood. What I see is the power of teamwork. People who are called, people who are committed, people who are consecrated to the purposes of God and to the work of the Lord. Oh, is there anybody who wants to serve the Lord today? A couple of you, okay, okay. Is there anybody who wants to serve the Lord today? Here's the thing just don't do it alone, okay? Don't do it alone. There is power in teamwork. Dr. David Rowe explains that this entire chapter projects the need for community, the essential aspect of unity and the combined effort of all the individuals to reach that goal. We're talking about teamwork. Don't do it alone. When it comes to the work of the ministry, never do anything alone. Bring someone to join you. Bring somebody with you to be on the team. Be a part of something bigger than yourself. John Maxwell explains that if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. You know, Pastor mentioned he's actually teaching a leadership course by Maxwell, uh, developing the leader within you every Wednesday night right here at the church. I want to admonish you and encourage you to join us for that. You'll never get greater teaching on how to be involved in something bigger than yourself, than, than that course. And listen, Pastor Tim, you can just leave the tip in my mailbox for giving that plug for your class today. If you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. Nehemiah, get this, he could have traveled to Jerusalem by himself, but he never could have rebuilt the wall by himself. He he never could have brought protection and safety to the land by himself. He never could have defeated the enemies of God by himself. And neither can you. So, the power of God, working in the people of God, who came together to do the work of God results in Nehemiah 4, 6, so we built the wall. You know, if there was a subtitle to the book of Nehemiah, if the books of the Bible each had the book title and then a subtitle, if there was a subtitle to the book of Nehemiah, it would be, just do it. That'd be the subtitle. Nehemiah, just do it. Because they built the wall, and, the, and it says that all the wall was joined together to half a tight for the people had a mind to work. How did they do that? How did Nehemiah rally a team to be used by God to do a miracle? Well, see, that leads us to the second key, which is this, the power of teamwork starts with a vision. Nehemiah chapter 2, starting at verse 12, here's what it says. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. He didn't go alone. And I told no one what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no animal with me but the one on which I rode. I went out by night by the valley gate to the dragon spring and to the dung gate. And I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that were broken down and its gates that had been destroyed by fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the valley and inspected the wall. And I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I was doing. And I had not yet told the Jews. I had not yet told the priests or the nobles or the officials and the rest who were to do the work. Verse 17, then I said to them, You see the trouble we're in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer suffer derision. And I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good and also of the words that the king had spoken to me. And they said, let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for the good work. You see, the power of teamwork starts with a vision. He had to cast a vision of what God wanted to do, but when it was cast, the people wanted to join. It starts with the vision. Now, did you notice that Nehemiah kept the vision to himself until he'd been able to inspect the walls? I don't know who needs to hear this, but sometimes you got to keep some things to yourself while the Lord is working in the background on your behalf. Sometimes you got to take some moments of inspection and maybe introspection to see what God wants to do before you share it with anyone else because the Lord is working. Now, vision is a view of how things can or should be compared to how they are. It's a faculty or a state of being able to see. Vision is being able to see. But not everyone has vision. Maybe you're here today and you admit, you would admit that you're not a part of a ministry team. Well, it's time to consider how God wants to use the gifts and talents that he has given you to serve. It's time to consider how God wants to use what he's given you to accomplish what he wants to do. It's time for you to consider that God may have something in store that you haven't seen yet. You might say, well, I don't consider myself that talented. Excuse me, God has given everyone something. Everyone has a gift, a talent or an ability from God. The question is, do you have the vision to see how he wants you to use it? To see where he wants you to serve? How can you serve? How can you make a difference? What do you see that's available and in place for you to become a part of? How can you further the vision of God for the North Shore of Boston? And let me tell you, God's vision for the North Shore of Boston is that every single person would encounter the power of Jesus Christ through the gospel, that every single person would have their life transformed by the the wonder-working power of God. That's his vision for the North Shore. That's his vision. We have a ministry manual right out in the foyer. In fact, when you, if you're going out to the foyer, you can act, you'll see a stand. It's like, oblo- you can just grab them off of there. Or if you're online, there's links. You can go to our website. Listing on all the ministries that people can get involved in. We mentioned in the announcements, there's a virtual ministry fair this Wednesday at 7 p.m. online. Or the following Saturday, the 22nd, at 10 a.m. You can, you can uh, take 20 minutes of your time to hear from a ministry leader about all that's going on, something that you might be interested in. If you lack vision for what God wants you to do, this is the perfect thing for you to attend, for Him to speak to you and challenge you and give you an opportunity to serve. You can get involved. Our Starting Point class meets every, the first four Sundays of every single month right here at the church and online. In fact, starting on Tuesday, January 25th, We're going to have a midweek starting point class in person and online at 7 p.m. that you can join. You know, you can send an email to the email address serving at calvarychristian.church. And you can write an email and say, hey, I'm interested in getting involved in a specific ministry. Or you can say I'm interested in learning more about some things or the process. Or you can just say, listen, I don't know where I'm needed, but I'm here to serve. You can get involved. And listen, there are so many things to get involved. You can get involved in our children's ministry. How many of you love our children? Some of y'all just lied. That's okay. That's okay. (laughs) But guess what? They're the future in the future of the church, the future. Guys, we've got to minister. Talk to Pastor Ryan today about getting involved in children's ministry or get involved in our youth ministry. Pastor Daniel was giving the announcements today. Over 175 teenagers right here in this sanctuary worshiping God. Do you want to see more? Do you want to see God reach the teenagers across the North Shore? Get involved. Listen, some of you are sitting here today and you play an instrument. But you haven't been playing. Get involved. You can become an usher, right? You can join our usher's ministry, literally ushering people into the kingdom of God. Every single person who gives their life to Jesus here at Calvary was welcomed, greeted, and brought in by an usher. You can join our guest experience team. I don't have time enough to tell you a bunch of stories, but I want to tell you this one. We had a couple from Carolina who'd moved to New England a few months back. And they'd been here for a few months at that point and they just hadn't found a a church. They hadn't found a place where they connected. Well, when they got to the church, they parked and they were met by somebody from our guest experience team. And they told me later, they told me later that day that it made them feel so connected. It made them feel like they were home. And get this. Their lives were transformed by the power of the gospel. But but the beautiful thing, it, it, it wasn't the sermon. It wasn't the worship. It was the person they met in the parking lot. You're telling me you can't meet somebody and greet somebody in the parking lot? You can get involved. You can get involved in our service production ministry, which makes Sundays happen. You can get involved in our women's ministry or our marriage ministry. In fact, sign up for that marriage conference. Save your marriage and thrive. Sign up for blended family ministry. You can sign up Uh, to to get more information about our Danvers campus as we have a a Danvers campus interest meeting for relaunching on Saturday, January 29th at 9 a.m. right here. Or you can come and talk to me. There's so many areas that you can get involved in that you can join the team. Where should you serve with so many options? How do you determine the best fit? Well, for you, you're going to need to seek the vision of God in prayer. Well, there's so many options. and there's so I didn't list even half of them. There's so many things I could do. Well, guess what? you got to seek the vision of Almighty God in prayer. Seek the Lord for what He desires for your life. I promise you this. What God wants for your life is better than what you want for your life. It's better than what your mama wants for your life. It's better than what your friends think of your life. It is better. Don't stop until you hear from the Lord. Seek him in prayer for a vision. Seek the Lord for the team that he wants you to join. There is power in teamwork. Now, here's the thing about it all, right? We look at a story like this. We see 52 days. They built the wall. Wow. Amazing. We sometimes forget the preparation that went into the miracle. Nehemiah chapter 1 teaches us that Nehemiah actually spent four months in prayer and preparation just for the opportunity to make the request to the king. He prayed for four months before he even approached the king about it. Pastor Tom Petter explains it best. He says that the waiting period represented a longer period than the actual building of the wall. The miracle took 52 days, but preparing to receive the miracle took months of prayer, weeks of planning and travel, and ultimately years to sustain. Some of y'all have the desire to serve the Lord, and that's good. But you don't have the willingness to prepare to serve. I want to serve the Lord. I prayed once. He didn't tell me which team to join, so I'm just going to. You want to serve the Lord, but you don't have the willingness to prepare to serve the Lord. You want to get involved right away. Sometimes people get upset when they find out that you have to be attending Calvary for at least six months uh, before you're allowed to join, jump on a team to, to, to get involved. They think, well, I want to get involved right now. Pastor Brigham just preached on getting involved. But you can use that time to prepare. That six months, you can take the starting point class, which is just four weeks. You can learn about the ministry interview process. You can join a Bible study and and start getting poured into and fed and and meet some other people like you that you might want to serve with. You can use the season of waiting to redouble your efforts to pray on behalf of God's people so that God's will will be accomplished because ultimately it's really only about His will and what He desires. Listen, if you're already serving and you've been struggling to see more people in the work of the Lord, do not be discouraged. Pray. Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest. Don't just pray once and say, oh, well, nobody showed up. Pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. See, we read Nehemiah 3 and think that the miracle was only in the construction of the the construction project. But the miracle was that God was in it. The walls weren't just going up in order to say, uh, look, God made a way to defend his people. Those walls were going up for a higher purpose. Those walls were going up so that worship in the holy city could be restored so that people could worship God freely together. There was a deeper purpose behind it. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6 explains this. It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. James chapter 5 verse 16. The prayer of a righteous person has great power. But our own prayer life, has to be governed by the priorities of the kingdom and the restoration and expansion of God's people rather than our own agendas. Matthew 6, Jesus tells you and me today, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. the other element of prayer, the other element of this incredibly important feature, seeking the vision from God in prayer is this, that the call to pray is first and foremost a call to repentance. When Nehemiah prayed to the Lord, he first and foremost confessed his sins to the Lord. Nehemiah chapter 1, starting at verse 7, corruptly against you. We've not kept your commandments. We've not kept your statutes. First thing he does is acknowledge his unholiness in the midst of a, in the presence of a holy God. You know, there's some things you are going to have to lay down in order to pick up the promises of God. There are some things in your life you are going to have to lay down in order to be able to pick up the promises of God. You're going to have to choose. There are going to be some teams that God wants you to join so that he can accomplish something that you will not qualify for until you surrender to him. There's going to be some things and some people he wants you to partner with in order to do something great for him, but you won't qualify for it until you surrender. You see, the key to being on a team is to take responsibility. Nehemiah confessed his sins, he confessed the sins of his family and of his people. And when you're on a team, you identify with the actions of others because you win together and you lose together, but you get to win together. Here in Nehemiah 3, the team gets credited for their work right alongside the man whose name is in the title. Guys, Nehemiah might be the name of the book, but in chapter 3, we see the names and the list of the people who all joined together to be a part of the miracle. The daughters of Shalom got credit for the building just as much as the ruler of the district they were from. And here's the beautiful thing, that the church isn't just a team, The church is the family of God joined and united by the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood he shed that covers our sins and flows through our hearts and makes us the children of God. The church is God's plan to reach the world and a family united by his love. The church must work together to accomplish the will of God. And we certainly need each other. We certainly need each other because how many of you know we have an enemy? Who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. See, the power of teamwork is that teamwork overcomes opposition to the work of the Lord. The power of teamwork overcomes opposition to the work of the Lord. When it came to this project of restoring Jerusalem, there were plenty of people who did not want that to happen at all. Nehemiah chapter 4, when Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward, that the breaches were being beginning to be closed, they were very angry. And they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. But verse 9, and we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and Night. You know, Jesus promised that in this world you would have trouble. Man, I wish that was a promise he didn't make. Because his promises always come true. But you might as well be prepared for it. When the enemy was on the way to attack the people of God, they didn't have any walls to hide behind. They came together to do the work, though. And God not only protected them, but he blessed their ministry. That way, they would have a place to worship him freely, even in the midst of a crisis. When it seems like nothing's going right and enemies have conspired against us, the Spirit of the Lord can raise up a standard. Can anybody use that right now? Nehemiah chapter 3:5. the Tekoites, their leaders didn't want them to go. They didn't want them to answer the call, but the people came and built anyway. People might not openly mock your commitment to God or your, your faithfulness in actually going to church or, or joining us here online. They, they might not openly mock that, but they will disregard it or they'll discount it or they'll dismiss your faith and your practices. Oh, oh, that's nice for you. Or they'll say, you know, oh, I, I totally respect that, but they're never going to accept that invitation. Or maybe they, maybe they say, oh, you really believe that stuff? Incredulously. Like, you actually believe what the Bible says? And some people will actively attack you because of your faith. Nehemiah chapter 13, here's a promise for you. Our God turned the curse into a blessing. How many of you are grateful that God can turn the curses that people want to put on you into blessings for you and for your family? The Lord's protection and his blessing is on his people who are working together towards his purposes. Nehemiah 4.9, we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. Listen, this is a, a sidebar, but if you're here in the hearing of my voice and you're struggling in an area of your life, you need to confess your sins, and get on a team that can support and encourage you. A team that can hold you accountable and help you to put up a guard and boundaries on what you're watching, on what you're eating, or what you're doing. Because the power of teamwork overcomes opposition and overcomes the enemy of our souls. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15, So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elul, in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard of it, all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem, for they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Is there anybody here who would use the help of God today? The power of teamwork is in working together. I want to invite the, the worship team to come on back. We're going to continue worshiping the Lord today. But the power of teamwork is in working together. It's in unity. It's in connection. It's in purpose. It all flows together to to bring us to impossible heights. all flows together to accomplish impossible goals according to God's perfect will. But are you on the team? You know, there are no tryouts, there are no auditions, and no recruits for God's team, just walk ons and those drafted by the grace of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Are you a part of the community that is building God's kingdom? Are you a part of the restoration that is taking place in the church and is changing the world? Are you a member of the team? Nehemiah 3. Is not a nice story that's only for posterity to remember to remember things that God used to do. It is an example for us to follow. Today is the day to say, put me in, coach. Today is the day to acknowledge that the power of teamwork can build Christ's church and impact the world. It changes our communities. It transforms hearts and lives. God's plan to save the world was through the sacrifice of his son on the cross. And when Jesus ascended, he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us and lead us into the Father's will. And he designed a plan to continue to reach and change the world, his church. God wants us to work together as his people. God wants us to work as a team that will serve and bring him glory. God has a purpose for your life and it's beyond what you can accomplish on your own. God wants you to help with stopping the oppression of the poor. He wants you to help with feeding the hungry. He wants you to care for those in prison. He wants you serving the least of these. He wants you reaching your lost friends and your lost family. It's time to embrace the power of teamwork. God is challenging you today to have a vision from Him for all that He wants to accomplish and to step up and step out in faith, partnered with other believers so that your name says, and next to them, and another name, and next to them, and another name, and next to them so that His will is accomplished. And by God's grace, He will work through our work together, serving, being involved actively right here at Calvary to do the impossible, to do the miracle He desires to accomplish. Would you bow your heads and hearts with me for a word of prayer? I am going to pray for you. And then we'll be dismissed, but it would be a mistake for me to let you leave here without asking a simple question. No one else looking around except for this preacher. But let me ask, is there anyone here who would say, I feel the call of God on my life right now to get involved in ministry? If that's you, nobody else looking around. There's no judgment here. It's just a question from the Lord. Do you feel Him challenging you? Do you feel Him calling you? to get involved. If that's you, would you just slip a hand up high enough for me to see? God bless you. God bless you. Yes, I see those hands. Just hold it up high enough for me to see today. God is challenging. I want to pray for you today. Hallelujah. And maybe you're here though and you would say, Pastor Brigham, I haven't joined the team by giving my life to Jesus. I haven't put my faith in him alone to be a part of the family of faith, but you know that today is the day He's calling you to put your faith in Him. If that's you today with no one else looking around, you can just slip a hand up high enough for me to see. If you're watching online, you can just click that button on your screen right now to acknowledge it. Is there anyone here today who wants to give their life to Jesus, to join the team and walk in the grace and power of Almighty God and know His salvation? God bless you, ma'am. I see your hand. Is there anyone else today? Is there anyone else who wants to join the team? Father God, thank you for your word, which challenges us today. Challenges us to remember that you offer us the gift of your love and your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness all through faith in Jesus Christ. And then you offer us the gift of one another to serve together in ministry, to accomplish your vision, to see you do the miraculous. Lord, I pray for every hand that was raised, for every person who acknowledges that they're feeling, you challenge them today to get involved. Lord, I pray that it wouldn't stop with just a feeling. that they'd pick up a ministry manual in the foyer or they'd click on the button to check out our church website and see all that they can get involved in. And Lord, that they would pray and they would pray and they would pray and not stop praying until they hear from you about what you want for them to do. God, I also pray for those who responded to the power of the gospel today to say, Lord, my life is yours. Lord, to those who raise their hands and those who wish they had, I ask, oh God, that you would draw them unto you. Lord, and right now in their pews or right now online, God, or in a moment at this altar that they would make that commitment, that they would surrender their lives. God, that they would lay down their sins and their hurts and their habits and their hangups, and they would pick up the promises that you have for their lives. The promise of eternal life the promise of the name of Jesus being glorified through them. Lord, even as we prepare to continue in worship, I ask that you would move among us and continue to speak into our hearts and lives in the days and weeks ahead as we acknowledge the power of teamwork, as we step out in faith to serve. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen, amen, amen.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on Calvary's podcast. Be sure to visit our website, calvarychristian.church, to stay up to date with events, sermons, and ways you and your family can get connected within our community. We hope to see you in person or online at one of our weekend services. Once again, thanks for listening in today, and we look forward to having you join us next time.